I want to just talk a little bit tonight. You know, on Wednesday night, I just like to uh, just like to share with you, sort of like a a conversation, but it's uh, it's one on one. I mean, it's just a monologue rather than a conversation. But I want to talk about con- created to be connected. And uh, an English poet named John Donne wrote in a line in one of his poems, and it became famous, no man is an island entire of itself. What he meant by that, no one is designed to stand alone. We're created to be connected. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, relationships. uh, Life revolves around relationships. You know, some of the, if you'll think about it, some of the greatest blessings that you have ever received have come through relationships, whether it's spiritual, social, financial, or whatever. Now, I have a book back there. It's called Built to Last, and that's what it's about. It's about relationships. I taught 10 lessons on it here several years ago, and uh, so it's in the bookstore if anybody's interested. I think relationships help us to be successful because we have a relationship with God and relationship with one another. I sort of noticed that when people isolate themselves from everybody else, they never seem to enjoy life or they never seem to really reach full potential that they should reach. You know, if we stop and think about it, our our lives are, we, we interconnect on different levels with different people all the time. Am I right or wrong? You see, God created us to be in a relationship with him and each other. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created us to be connected and we were designed to have a relationship with God. Actually, that's innate in everybody. That's why people, if they don't, they, 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 they get gods to worship because in them, they were created to be in relationship with God. You know, story goes one day and an adopted girl was playing with her sisters who were born into a family. And one of the sisters got mad at her and got upset and said, listen, in a condescending manner, you're just adopted. You don't really belong. The adopted girl thought a minute and she quietly answered, mom, dad didn't have any choice about you, but they, they chose me. (laughs) That's how God feels about mankind. He chose mankind before 
we were ever in existence, he chose us and he wants to have a relationship with him. He created us to have a relationship with him. Now, it says here that mankind was created or patterned after God himself. He said there, let us make man or mankind in our image, right? So that means us to understand that he created us to have a relationship with him. We need to understand relationship means connection, kinship, involvement. Now, some words that have similar meaning with relationship would be affiliation, association, or belonging. So a relationship is something that two people choose to be involved in. There is no relationship with just one person. All right. God wants to have a relationship with us. One person stated it this way. God is pro-relationship. In other words, God desires relationship with the man he created, the persons he created. You know, there used to be a sign that Uncle Sam, and he was pointing a finger, and he, he was saying, I want you. Well, God is saying, I want to have a relationship with you. In Genesis 1.31, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So that was the evening and morning were the sixth day. God made everything good. God created man. Man is the only creation that God made that has an intellect, a a conscience, a personality. It is the only thing that he created that could have a relationship with him in that form, in a intelligent form. Now you can, you know, I've got a dog in my backyard, uh, Maverick. And I will go out there and I have a relationship with Maverick that because he knows me and he knows who I am, but he can't talk to me. Now he barks at me, but I don't know what he's saying. I don't know why he's barking at me. You know, so he may want food. He may want water. He may want something else. I don't know, but I can have a relationship and I can hug him and and love on him. He's, he's, a, he's a small boy. He weighs, he, he stands about this tall, about knee tall, maybe a little higher. And he weighs about 130 pounds. And if he stands up, he puts his paws right on my shoulders and looks me right square in the eye. He's a little boy. <laughs> Last night I went out and sat with him after the banquet. I, I used to go out every night and sit in the chair and love on him and pet him and talk to him and but man after I'd done that for a minute too he wanted to play and he jumped up and he was running around and he come running at me and I said oh no he's and he jumped and he hit me I was ready or I would have went flying backwards because he was coming full speed at a hundred and about 130 pounds and man when he come off the ground I I knew it was Katie barred the door more or less but uh I have a relationship with them, but not a relationship that where you can talk back and forth. 
God made it so that we, through our prayer life, have, have a connection with him, a relationship with him. We can talk to him. He talks to us, right? You know, uh, if you got a Schofield reference Bible, that's what I've got right here. Uh, C.I. Schofield, he made notes in his Bible. Anybody got a Schofield reference Bible? Well, some of these preachers do, I know, because that, that he's, he's one of the famous ones and he has a lot of notes. He said, man is a personal, relational, and moral being. While God is infinite, infinite man is finite. Nevertheless, man possesses the elements of the personality to those of a divine person. We, do, we have... God made us in his image, in his likeness. Image, what is image? Resemblance, representative figure, likeness. Resemblance, similitude, model, shape, fashion. God created us to have relationship with him. Man is created in the image and likeness of God, so that means we're like him. Hello, it's what the Bible says. I didn't say that. Go read it in the Bible. It's there. Man is the only thing, I said a while ago, I'm going to say it again, is the only thing that God created that can have a relationship with him. Now, God didn't give us the earth as a possession. The earth belongs to the Lord. Psalm 24, 1 says that. But the Lord did enable man to rule through a relationship with him and Adam messed it all up. Now, I don't have time to go on that, you know, but God created Adam in a perfect relationship with him and it had a perfect environment. Excuse me just a minute. Turn the mic off. They, he had a perfect environment they communicated freely. They had daily fellowship. They existed together. We, not, they, that was on a personal basis. We exist together with God in a spiritual basis, in a spiritual relationship. On that day, we will have a personal relationship, but until then, it is a spiritual relationship. You see, man was created by God so that he could fellowship with him. He designed man that way. Now, he designed us to have relationships with each other. Genesis 2:18 says, "And the Lord God said, "It's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him." Here Adam was in a perfect environment. He had every material need that he that met for him. He walked and fellowshiped and talked with God on a daily basis. Go read it there in Genesis. But he said, it's not good that man's alone. He don't have somebody else. Because God wasn't there with him all the time. He would come down in the evening. Read the Bible says he would come down in the evening and walk and talk with Adam. Is that not correct? 
Now he said it wasn't good for him to be alone. Now he didn't make another man, he made a, he made a woman. And it's supposed to be a man and woman together. Now, sometimes we think we don't need somebody else, but God created us to connect with other people. That's the way we were created. You know, I don't know why some people don't make an effort to have a relationship. Maybe it's because they don't understand the importance of it. Maybe it's because they had a bad example or bad past experience. Some people think it's just too hard to try to have a relationship. It requires too much. Maybe, and some people think they're too spiritual to have a relationship with anybody but God. Well, I could teach all night on that, but I'm not. <laughs> now, you know, when we begin to think about relationships, we, we, we think about this and we look at this. And there are many kinds of relationships. Our first relationship is a divine relationship between man and God. Or when I say man, I mean mankind, everybody. Now, then there is the marriage relationship. There is the family relationships. There is covenant relationships that you make with one another, different people make a covenant, a relationship of covenant. There, there are working relationships. There are mentoring relationships. And then there's believers relationship. That means relationship with fellow believers. Now, when you begin to break all of this down and talk about it you know some people say well I don't I don't really understand all that I'm just going to have a relationship with God well that's great but if you don't have relationship with other people you are limited and crippled in what you can accomplish because nobody is a success without the help or relationship of someone else that's the truth. I mean, my, my relationship that I have with my father and my father-in-law is what causes me to be able to do where I am today. But my relationship with uh, my brother-in-law, Lynette's brother that's, a, that's in the banking business, I, I get information from him on stuff. Some of our board members that are mem boards members of the Kenneth Hagin Raymond Ministries, uh, they are in business. I, I have a relationship with them. I can go and talk with them about business situations and things as we run the ministry in the church. I'm, I'm trying to show you that Everybody, there, there are different relationships and you need those relationships in order to be successful in whatever you're doing. That's why ministers go to ministers conferences so they can have relationship. That's why that we have the Raymond Ministerial Association where we're all together. We're there. That it, it, when you are not connected 
with somebody else, actually it, it hinders your relationship with God because we are all created by God to have a relationship with him and a relationship with one another. Y'all there, y'all gone home already. They got it to me early tonight. I may get through quick because I'm, I'm covering this quicker than I thought I would. Okay. But uh, God wants us to have relationships. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you to have relationships. You were designed to have a relationship with God and fellow man. Now, let's talk about something that we need to really be aware of. And that's the relationships that you have in your local church body should be of a high priority. Let me say that again. The relations you have, ships you have with the local people in your church should be a high priority. It seems that that has sort of gone away in the modern day. But I know when we, when I was growing up and, and, and even when I was in the sixties, when 67 to 72, when I was associate pastor, most all, everything that we did, uh, involved, I mean, our social life, my, my playing of sports, we had a, it all, and we, we worshiped together, we played together, we, we, we had uh, parties together, ate together. I mean, when, when we, when I, when, when I, even when I was growing up a teenager, uh, after, after church, all, all of us from our church would all go down to the Dairy Queen together. And then when, when, when I, we got, and then I got married and we were social pastors there every, every Sunday night after church, we, all of us young couples would all go out to eat together and we all went to Shakey's pizza. Anybody ever go to Shakey's pizza parlor because they playing that, that music and they got, uh, they got movies going on all the time. Three Stooges and and Laurel and Hardy and all those. Well, the kids could the kids could make all the noise they wanted to. It didn't bother anybody. <laughs> and besides that, it was pretty good pizza, really good pizza. But you see, it was fellowship. And you know what? I've noticed something. On Sunday night, we have decent crowd for a Sunday night. We're one of the only churches around that has Sunday night. We have two hundred, three hundred people. But we can have a fellowship over there on a Sunday night. We just had one. What do they call it? Uh, not your average Sunday. I had, they had nachos over there. You know what? 800 people showed up. And they're all our church members. And everybody was having fellowship with one another. That's what I'm trying to talk about. We need that. We need one another. 
We need to be able to talk with one another. Be, people that in the church that are in the business together, you know, they need to be able to talk to another because they can learn, they can bounce ideas off. That's what pastors and ministers get together. They bounce ideas off of one another. School of the Bible. That's what school of the Bible is for. To, to make connections. I'm talking about we all need connections. Relationships. I guess I already get that book back there. There's 10 lessons in that book. I, and just teach the book. <laughs> no, you go get it and read it. it was, I already taught it once. I don't need to teach it again. <laughs> Excuse me. I, uh, I am talking about part of it tonight. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and we all know this. We've read it many times. For by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Look around the room. You see all kinds of people, different kinds of people. That's what he's talking about here. He, he said, the Jews and Greeks. But we see, we see around the room all kinds of different people, and we're all, you know, have made and come under the spirit of God. And he goes on here in 14 then. He says, for in fact, the body is one, one, not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is therefore not, is it, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear said, because I'm, I'm not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole, if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Now these verses compare the church with the physical body and the function and reveals the top priorities that we should maintain in the church. Right in the relationship of the believers together is especially important because without relationships in the church, it cannot function properly. It may function, but it can't function to its hundredth percent. It may be only functioning at a lower percentage. We need to be that. You see, our, our relationships, our relationships together, of course, with God and our families but people in the local church should be a high priority for our relationships. You know, you can have friends outside the church and you might go eat with them, but hey, you can't have a relationship with those that are outside of the kingdom of God like you can with those that are inside of the kingdom of God. You can, you, they can be a friend, you might have a, cup of coffee with them or something, but you, you don't have that relationship that we all have because we're all been born again by the power of the whole above God, of Jesus Christ. And we, um, the majority of us have been filled with the Holy spirit. So we have, we operate on a different level of relationship. Let me understand what I'm saying to you our relationship with the members in the church are important. 
you know, in this fast place, past world we live in, we as believers, we, we, we sometimes are challenged to be able to maintain the right priorities in our lives and especially in this, in this area. You know, I try to make it a, a priority to have a relationship as much as I can with all of the kids in this church. Now, how many of you got kids, smaller kids, and like small kids, elementary kids? How many? What door do they want y'all to go out every Sunday morning? Pastor's door. Because pastor got a little sucker for them. Do you know what? I, kids now that have grown up and they're in the church, they still remember that I had a relationship. I established a relationship with them when they were children as the pastor. And then when they got to be teenagers, I tried to say hi to them and ask about their football games and, and all the things they do. You have to work at make, maintaining a relationship. That's why I said that. In our fast-paced world, sometimes we don't. But how, I don't know. I don't see any of them here. How many of you grew up in this church? You were kids. You grew up in the church. How many of you remember getting sucker from me at the door? Yeah, they got their hands up. That, that, that's establishing a relationship, Right? I was at the door the other Sunday and I was just about to leave because most everybody had gone. And here come, here come a, a couple with a, a little boy and they said, oh, we made it just in time. Said he wouldn't, he would not get in the car until he got to see Pastor Hagen. <laughs> well, that's all right with me. <laughs> but, but you I don't need to use you because you don't want me to use you. So I use me in establishing relationships. I try to establish a relationship with as many people as I can in the church. With church as big as this, I, I, I know some people by face and some people by name. But there's hundreds of you that I have had the opportunity to have establish a more relationship with like the people that sing up here like the ushers and some of those on the parking lot I have opportunity to to get to know them a little bit because they're they're working but I try that's one reason I make all of the pastors go to the doors on Sunday morning and that is to get let y'all realize that we want to have a relationship with you so we can minister to you so you can minister back to us. Hello. You may not realize it, but you minister back to us in many ways. Okay. That's enough of that. Let's go on down something else. You know, instead of making, instead of believers in the church, sometimes making relationships, a top priority, they're seeking a new revelation. My dad used to say, anybody that's seeking a revelation, they'll get one, but it won't be from God. You study, you pray, you read the word, and 
if God wants to give you a revelation, he will. You don't seek a revelation. And I think there's some stuff going around nowadays about seeking God for a revelation. Well, you better back off of that in a hurry. I've lived a long time. I've seen, I've seen these people that seek revelation. The revelation they get is crazy. <laughs> but you can't get it out of them because they say, well, I got this from God. Well, all you got to do is listen at it and then go, go read the word and tell, you can tell right away it's contrary to anything. I had, years ago, about 1970, 72, 73, I was traveling with dad on the road and this guy come up and he said, Oh, I've got to get this revelation of brother Hagan. I, I was seeking God for revelation and I got this revelation from God and it will revolutionize the church. I got to get it to him. And I said, well, I'll take it and let him look at it, man. You know what his revelation was? Well, if you need money, you pray until you see a green light come down. And when the green light comes down and touches you, that means you're going to get money. And he, you, had to get, you had to seek God for all of these lights. And once you saw that color of light, then you're going to get that results. Well, that's completely contrary to what the Bible says. But people get all kinds of revelations. Now, some people are always, always chasing, oh boy, over here, they got the anointing over here. Just cause something, you know, because they got a shout. Well, thank God for the shout. And I believe in the shout. We do it around here too. But you don't go trying to have a shout. Come on. If it comes, it comes. Praise the Lord. But don't, let's, don't, let's don't work it up. Let's let it be real. You know, some people are trying to, to obtain a more perfect environment. If we can do this, if we can do that, well, establish some relationships and you'll find out. Some people are concentrating on following on rules and regulations. Well, there's rules and regulations that are right here in the word of God. They're not man-made. So man-made regulations are not good sometimes. Now, you have to have policies and procedures in order to live, but that's not what I'm talking about, okay? We need to focus on building solid, healthy relationships with each other in the church. Ephesians 4, 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effectiveness working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body, edifying itself in love. Here we get, we get this. Number one, we need to speak the truth in love. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I've loved, as I've loved you, and that you also love one another. An acrostic for love can be this. L, loyal to each other. O, offer support to each other. V, vocalize appreciation for each other. E, encourage each other. You know, then, then it says we need to relate to each other. The whole body joined and knit together by every joint supply. The local church is meant 
to be everybody joined together in an effort to get accomplish what needs to be accomplished in your lives and in the church life. Mother Teresa, we've said it before, said, I can't do what you can do. You, you can't do what I can do, but together we get the job done. Look around the room. You can't do what everybody else is doing. And they can't do what you do, but together we get it done. Okay. Then there's networking relating to each other, according to the effective working by which every part shares. You ever looked at a, at, at a fishing net? It's many strands knotted together. One strand can't catch a fish, but all of those strands knotted together make a net and it can catch a fish. All of us working together make a strong unit to help each other and to do what our motto says, to bring hope, help, and healing to the world that we're living in. You know, this came out of Newsweek magazine, I don't know when it came out, years and years ago. But it said this, there isn't a single person in the world who can make a pencil. The wood may come from a forest in Washington. The graphite may come from a mine in South America. The eraser may come from a Malaysian rubber plantation. Thousands of people cooperate together to make one pencil. As we join together and have a relationship with one another, we can accomplish what this church needs to accomplish and what you need to accomplish in your life. And that's what I, I have people saying all the time, uh, uh, together, one in the family, you know, we sing that. Everybody stand up. It's eight o'clock. I've got to finish right now. Tell the person next to you, you were created to be connected to God and other people. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, tonight we simply tried to remind these people of some important things that you have put in your word. Help us to realize that relationships with you and others help us to be more effective and more successful in life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen.